two American women alone against the world. No weapons, no training, no skills, but they're all that stand between us and something? We are the Spy Fi Guys, and this is the spy who dumped me. So, welcome back to the Spy Fi Guys. Uh, this is Christian. And this is Zach, and we are recording in our home studio live and in person for the first time. Yeah, so if anything sounds a little weird, that's probably why. I have a new microphone, and we are in Christian's home studio, so this is pretty exciting. It's not over Discord for a change. Yeah. And we have quite the movie for you guys today. Quite the movie. Yeah, I feel, and, I, and we said this when we were talking about this before. I feel like transitioning from any movie to this is going to be a like a whiplash, but let's just roll with it. So the movie is The Spy Who Dumped Me, starring Mila Kunis and... Kate McKinnon. And some other people. Also, Gillian Anderson makes an appearance. Yeah. And it's a, co- it's a comedy movie, and it's on Hulu right now, and I think it came out in, like, 2018. Fairly mm, recently. Right there, yeah. It's also on Amazon Prime right now, too. So this is a classic spy parody movie. In the vein of North by Northwest, where you, think, you have an wait. ordinary person who gets caught up in a spy. All right, all right, thing. all right. I was, I was going to say, you consider North by Northwest a parody? Well, okay, yeah, you're right. It's not it's not a parody, but but it is in the same vein. Yeah, yeah. I get, there's I get a that. I feel like there's a lot of movies like this where it's parodies of James. We say spy movies. It's really James Bond movies. Though yeah. so this has some Jason Bourne thrown in. Yeah, some Mission Impossible maybe. Mm-hmm. All right, so let's get started. Let's pull up the synopsis from IMDb. Okay. Audrey and Morgan are best friends who unwittingly become entangled in an international conspiracy when one of the women discovers the boyfriend who dumped her was actually a spy. So pretty much what the title says. Yeah, pretty much what what it says on the can. Yeah. So my initial reaction to this movie is that it's one hour and 56 minutes long. Are you freaking kidding me for like a comedy movie? <laughs> I mean, I was glad, like, I've been watching some other movies, like Face Off, for example, and that's, like, longer than it should be. So I think it's just, and that was back in the, what, early, mid-90s. So I think it's even just gotten worse with how long movies have gotten. Maybe it's like if you're going to spend $13 to watch a movie in theaters, and it is $13 where we live, then you better get a lot of content. But I got (laughs) to say, in, like, the last half an hour, I was like, please just let this movie be over. (laughs) Well, let's jump right in, shall we? We, I'm sure we both have a lot of notes about what's going on. So, the beginning, we have the spy from the title. Yes. Um, and he's doing surveillance in Lithuania. Not just any place in Lithuania. Vilnius, Lithuania. Which is where Sean Connery's character from The Hunt for Red October is from. They called him the Vilnius Schoolmaster. You know, Vilnius did sound a little bit familiar, yeah. but I couldn't figure out where mm-hmm. it was from. So nice catch on yeah. that. And I like how everything in the scenes in Eastern Europe are like gray because it's <laughs> Eastern Europe and everything's depressing there. Yeah. But something right away, and I got to say, as much as I like to trash on this movie, the action scenes are really good. That's true. But it makes it a little jarring with the comedy because you'll have someone getting shot and then almost immediately, and like it's kind of graphic, but I mean, almost immediately they're making jokes. So it's a little jarring. I like though, but I agree with you. The action is really good. Isn't it a little bit like Kingsman though, where they like to joke around and then there's extreme violence? But the extreme violence in Kingsman, I would say, is more cartoony. Like it's extreme, but it's also cartoony in a weird way. Like you, ha- you know, that big fight in Kingsman, you have you know someone who gets punched, and you literally see a tooth flying across the screen. So, so it's a bit more cartoony, but. Also violent. So, yeah, with this, there's more of a contrast. Like, the action scenes are action, and there isn't very much comedy in them, and then there's the comedy dialogue scenes. But right away, we get good action, which I appreciate. But then we cut to our two main characters. So we have Audrey, who is played by Mila Kunis, and it's her 30th birthday, and they're at some bar, and Morgan, who's Kate McKinnon's character, is singing or something? Uh, Yeah. Yeah. She sings. So she's singing, like, a take on happy birthday i guess and we find out that audrey's boyfriend has dumped her via text yeah in a very non-fetched old test passing scene they they commiserate over men specifically this one man and how they're gonna get back at him huh that does actually make me wonder like i didn't i wasn't paying attention in the moment but does this pass the bechdel test i think it does i yeah. think there are scenes where they talk about 
you know, I am woman, hear me roar. That's true, yeah. They, there they, are they, a lot yeah. of scenes that just You're talking. probably right, yeah. So, not, I mean, not that that means very much, but it's true. And then we also have this friend named, like, Tawny or Tammy or something, <laughs> something like that. Yeah. Who is, like, kind of, I have this kind is kind of, of a the jerk. worst. <laughs> but she, I don't know, she means well. <laughs> Does she, though? I don't know. I don't know. I don't All remember right. what she said that got my lacuna so upset. Oh, I it only was watched it a few days ago. Something to the effect of, like, oh, you know, you, you guys make such an interesting couple, and, you know, you'd expect him to be with someone much more interesting. But then you see this, and it works. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was pretty funny. Yeah. As backhanded compliments <laughs> yeah. in movies go, that's definitely a highlight. I'm actually surprised I remember all of that. We, we had, like, more action with, with the boyfriend, and then... There, or the I, ex-boyfriend. Such as <laughs> it is. And I actually tried to write down the lines that actually made me laugh, and one of them was Kate McKinnon saying that she couldn't play a Ukrainian farm girl because she was too authentic. <laughs> yeah, right. she, I think she has most of the laughs in this movie. Yeah, well, I, would, I mean, she's a comedian, yeah. so I, w- I would hope such. There's a lot of Ukraine in this movie, which is there interesting, is, yeah. because Ukraine tends to pop in and out of the news. Well, I think, listeners, you can call us out on this if I'm wrong, but mm-hmm. I think Mila Kunis is from the Ukraine. Yes, I think it's just said Ukraine. Not, well, they not even, to call you out. The, well, no, in the movie, they even call out this thing. They say, where Kate McKinnon asks um, the guy who is from the Ukraine, is it called the Ukraine or is it just called Ukraine? And he's like, well, it depends. Yeah, he sort of dodges <laughs> the answer. I seem, so. to re- I seem to remember somebody writing on Facebook that you don't say the Ukraine. Huh. But maybe it's like it's like the Amazon, where the Ukraine is a region, but also the name of a country. It could be. Maybe. Well, we can do a little more research on this and... Yeah, I don't yeah. know if I care that much. <laughs> something that I think was kind of funny was that Audrey gives Morgan her phone uh-huh. to like look something up or something, which is actually pretty unusual in movies. Usually, smartphones are only used as phones yeah. or, for, or as cameras, but uh-huh. not usually as internet connectivity devices. Right. But she gives her a phone, and she opens her phone, and the text, the text from the ex-boyfriend is like, <laughs> Up there immediately. Well, we so know was she like staring at it, or probably, did it like, or did it like just happen like five minutes? No, ago? I, well, I don't know. We don't know what time frame and when it happened, but I think <laughs> I know she is sort of dwelling on it. So I think she was just like looking at it, probably. Yeah, it's a little dark. Yeah, <laughs> so, Drew apparently left a bunch of stuff in uh, Audrey's place, and they and Morgan suggests, "No, let's light it all on fire because he's gone and." Let's purge this out of you. But I like how that was what finally got him to break the ghosting <laughs> and, and break right. the radio silence and come back to them. So is the lesson there that it will actually work? If you want someone to come back to you, just threaten to destroy their stuff? Well, maybe if there happens to be some sort of secret thing hidden in the statue, then yes. Yeah, but so you just have to get lucky. Yeah. I like how it was a second place fantasy football trophy. That's another thing that made me laugh. <laughs> is they were like, fantasy football, second place. It's not even real football. <laughs> I mean, I like fantasy football, but, it, it, you know, I, I don't also mind when people trash it. I also, in the same scene where he is calling her and he's like, don't, don't burn my stuff. He makes a microwave bomb. Yeah. Did you ever watch Burn Notice? I did, yeah. Do you remember the one where Michael Weston makes a makes a microwave bomb? I feel like that happens in a few of them, but yeah, I've seen yeah, some of them where they do that. Well I like I like in the in the spy voiceover of oh, the yeah. Michael Weston mm-hmm. voiceover he says just hit popcorn. And then you hit the popcorn <laughs> so after that we get the title credit and then we get a flashback. Yeah. Which became confusing because the flashback ended and we went back to the present and I didn't know like what was happening. Yeah, so they we have a number of these flashbacks and I don't think we need to split it up as we're talking about them, but basically the gist of it is that in these flashbacks we find that it's, I don't remember how many years ago, but they met again on her birthday, seemingly in that same bar, and Uh they're they're flirting, and one of the things they flirt about is like, what's the worst song in this jukebox? I didn't know what the song that they played was, did you? I probably I might have it written down somewhere, oh, yeah, but, but the, I feel like it'd be, that would be a pretty hard challenge because yeah. as soon as you find one terrible song, you keep looking, <laughs> and there's probably another. Right. Uh, I I did like in that scene when she says, "I wear it for warmth," referring to her like birthday crown. Yeah. We get that flashback scene, but then we move forward, and she's meeting a hot guy at her job. Yeah. So she seemingly works at some sort of like Whole Foods type uh, or Trader Joe's type. Yeah. Uh, and doesn't Kate McKinnon work with her? It's unclear. I don't think so. Okay, yeah. I think I saw a blonde woman standing behind oh, her. I it thought it was been. Kate McKinnon, and then it wasn't. Yeah. But that was confusing because the way it was edited made it seem like she met Drew, the spy, uh-huh. and then the she next day she meets be... this other hot uh-huh. guy. But actually, it's it's whoever many years later yeah. is back in the present. The guy buys a pack of gum and then asks for help to his car, which is 
It's a cheesy line, but seems to have worked. <laughs> I've listened to too many true crime podcasts <laughs> to, uh, to, I was like, that is like in real life, it's like a warning sign. Right. And that's, I mean, she even says that, you know, this, I'm re- being really trusting, you know, this kind of thing where you get, or if you were the wrong kind of person, you know, I get it kidnapped into a van. Which is exactly what happens. Exactly. <laughs> I guess that's, that's clever enough. So the guy who, uh, the aforementioned hot guy who's played by, I don't know, I don't uh, care. I had his name earlier. It's not like an actor that you're gonna know. Well, it actually is because he keeps being rumored for a Bond. Oh, so well, that's he's, why you follow yeah. him. Yeah, well, that's why I know of him. Sam Hewen. Yeah, so he okay. was an Outlander, apparently. He's like one of the main characters in Outlander, which I haven't seen, but yeah, his name keeps getting popped up for a Bond along with, uh, what's his name? Dan Stevens and uh, Henry Cavill and a few others. I'm still holding out for Damian Lewis. <laughs> mm, too old. We'll see. So, Anyways, yeah, so, yeah, it's revealed so his, that he works for the CIA. Yeah, his name's Sebastian. He has his associate uh, whose name is it's like Duffer. Walker? Yeah, Duffer or something. Who's kind of a jerk who constantly brings up that he went to Harvard. Which is hilarious, because that's <laughs> totally something someone in real life would do. I, yeah. I like Duffer. <laughs> and so they're asking about Drew. And they have a picture of him like look, executing someone, <laughs> or shooting someone execution style. Who keeps these photos? <laughs> Well, I, I mean, mean okay, the CIA is fine, but so then, it's just a, yeah. why would that, why would you have that in the folder to, I don't know, it just, it seemed excessive to me. Well, it shows that he's like a bad guy, which is interesting, because then she immediately lies to them. Yeah. Even though she said earlier that she's bad at lying, which I know is going to be a plot point, it's so obvious, but I just didn't understand, like, why, well, why she would lie to them. I mean, because she doesn't know who to trust, she just, she, these guys could be making up crap, and... Also, I think it's fairly obvious when she is lying there, though. <laughs> well, it's obvious to us, yeah. the audience. Uh-huh. But also, it's like, if they're the good guys and Drew is the bad guy, why would they kidnap her? Why wouldn't they just pose as police and be like, excuse me, are you aware that this guy is like a terrorist or something like uh, that? Or am I overthinking this movie? Maybe overthinking it a little bit, but uh, but still overthinking even further. <laughs> they're a secret joint task force that has you know no record and no authority anywhere so it's not really oh well not, not no authority but no like jurisdiction really so well technically the CIA doesn't have jurisdiction to operate inside exactly. the United States <laughs> but of course we see that in movies yeah, all the time yeah. and so, no I, so that, that's why I think that's why because they technically have no jurisdiction over here so they can't really legally say you know come and pull someone into say a, a room and say no you know this is what's going on hmm Okay, so moving forward a little bit, I just have a note that Morgan tells her mom literally everything, yep. which, is, which is funny. <laughs> and then we see Drew again. He returns through a window, yep. which is... which is. That was, it was a good line. He's like, I couldn't remember if you're 3A or 3B. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, I, I was thinking about this while I was watching the movie, but Drew isn't really a spy, is he? He's more like a secret agent. You don't actually see him do any spying. No, I, I mean, this is... I'm surprised this hasn't come up before just the difference between your your an actual spy someone who's gathering intelligence versus you know a covert agent who is doing the james bondy thing and really do those people exist really <laughs> not in the typical james bond mode well i'm just trying to think about people in real life so like the Mossad agents from last week they weren't collecting intel on anybody that's true no they, they were, were operating they were, they were extraction yeah yeah so they they would be considered secret agents. Uh, I guess so. All right, yeah. And like, what about the IMF from Mission Impossible? Well, they aren't real, first of all, but <laughs> but like, let's say hypothetically, if so, they yeah, were. they would fall into that in the for the covert action phase, basically. So then there's the classic red dot joke. Oh my gosh, is that a red dot on your face? What's up with that? And you would think that because Audrey seems like seems to be the kind of person who plays a lot of video games, watches a lot of television, and know, would know what that meant. So that caught me as like. Really, she should know what that means. I mean, maybe you're not thinking in that moment, like, hey, that's weird, why do you have a laser pointer on you? But but she would at least call it a laser pointer, not just like, what's that, that dot thing on your head? Yeah, it's like, I, I feel like people would know what, uh, maybe it's because of the spy movie cliche, yeah. that anytime there's a red dot sight, people always go, oh my gosh, what's that red dot? Red dot, what do you mean? Ah! And then gunfire explodes everywhere, you know. Yeah. The movie's built on tropes, and he just got to embrace it. It is very much so. Just like the Hunt for Red October. <laughs> and so another pretty good fight scene. We have uh, a naked guy, your Ukrainian friend. We get male nudity. The, yeah. Hey, you know, there's that's usually true, radio R movies like this, it's female that's nudity true. only. We can handle a little comeback. I just, because I've seen this before, and I didn't remember that, so when I saw that, I was just very surprised. Yeah, it's revealed that the naked guy is, in fact, a bad guy and kills Drew. Or does he? Mm-hmm. Spoiler alert. But yeah, so before he 
dies. Drew tells them to go to Vienna, go to Cafe Sheila, and meet someone named Vern at 11 a.m. tomorrow. And Or else something bad will yeah. happen. Doesn't say why. So Audrey and Morgan go out the fire escape as armed troops come through the door. Who are these troops? Great question. I mean, I (laughs) I assumed it was like a a SWAT team. Well, it's obviously a SWAT team, but but probably like some kind of paramilitary working for the same guys as Sebastian and Duff. Oh, so the joint task force. Mm -hmm. Okay. I mean, come on. It's like a Jason Bourne movie. Uh, He's always beating up just like like random SWAT teams. Yeah. So Sebastian calls Audrey as like as they're escaping and you know demands to know whether they're taking the packages but they don't trust them so they don't tell them anything but they leave their phones on it's like come on you ever seen a spy movie but before? later on they realize it at least much much later eh, it's only once <laughs> so they go to the airport and i do like they actually think it through and say oh you know we we don't have any luggage we need to buy luggage and we have this one trophy so we need to make it look like we have just a lot of trophies that we're carrying around. So they actually buy a bunch of trophies, including, what was it, Best Grandson? Yeah, I mean, it's like a decoy move, because yeah. if they're looking for a trophy, you have like 50 trophies. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a good move. But so they, uh, and so when they go to the airport, it's only like two minutes later, at least in movie time, where they realize, oh yeah, when they were in line for security, they realize, oh, we should, you know, turn off our phones. And this is where it getting dropped you know, Chekhov's gun. Oh, that uh, Morgan grew up knowing Edward Snowden. They went to, like, theater camp together or something? Right. Which wouldn't necessarily make you good at spying, because no. Snowden wasn't a spy, or maybe he was. I don't know. Yeah, they, I like the line about, you're going to die having been to Europe, or I want to <laughs> die having been to Europe, which is some good dialogue yeah. there. I don't remember exactly how it went. I was confused about why they have trophies in airport stores. For that last minute gift? Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) Well, do we know that that... I'm trying to remember the chain of events. Are they already at the airport when that happens? When they they get the... uh, When the trophies. Okay. Yeah, when they get the trophies. Were they supposed to be in LA? That actually makes sense then. Because as a souvenir, people bring home like fake Oscars. Um, yeah. Okay. So if it was anywhere else, I'd say (laughs) that makes no sense but la i buy it yeah it isn't established where they are but sure i think well, no, because they say later on you're going back to la uh, okay, yeah okay the fact that they make it through security is kind of ridiculous i mean well they had their passports with them well do you do they ever really establish whether sebastian was actually cia it was mi6 oh but then then duffer is cia so then yeah. he would be able to have them stopped at airport security with just a phone call just put him on the no-fly list but then there wouldn't true. be a movie. Well, true, but I feel like that takes that would take some time. It's it's not an immediate thing. I'd like to think it'd be immediate, but <laughs> maybe I have a little bit more faith in these institutions uh, than others. I have a thing about a seven eleven sushi. Oh, um, it's judging Drew, like because they didn't think Drew could be a spy because he's the kind of person who calls sushi from Seven Eleven Japanese food. <laughs> oh, because he's yeah. like he's like unclass. Yeah, un- un- not classy is the idea. Exactly. Oh, he seemed like a classy guy to me. Yeah. We don't really get to see very much of them together. That's true. You really only see that mo- like the yeah that first meeting, and so yeah, yeah. which is like just because they have the whole kind of premise of the movie built around it. Do you, do you ever feel like in this movie they came up with the title and then wrote a movie around it? Probably, or they got had the title and. Kate McKinnon and said, "All right, let's write this movie." Yep. Oh, then we. I have a literal shit joke. Oh yeah, it's, it's when it's when <laughs> it's when they're in the cafe and Kate McKinnon is like having diarrhea or something. Yeah. So well, let's rewind. They get to the cafe uh, in Vienna and they realize they have no idea what Vern looks like and that Vern will be looking for Drew, not them. So right. they're trying to figure out. All right, what do we do? And you wouldn't Kate... just ask everybody there if they're Vern. No. I mean, I would do that. <laughs> <laughs> maybe well don't volunteer that information that you're looking for someone named Vern because then they say oh of course I'm Vern whoever if they're you know not on their side so and so yeah Kate McKinnon goes to the bathroom right. and she finds that the waitress who's been waiting on them this whole time his name is Vern well she wears a name tag name or at least yeah which they're what through a meal so they should have noticed that by now I, I don't know. I won't even question stuff like that. More to, more to the point, this is where the sort of plot starts. Yeah. Where you don't know who's on which side. True. And I hate how these spy comedy movies do that. <laughs> I have enough trouble following, like, a normal movie. <laughs> like, uh, who do you think Vern 
now that we, so you know we're gonna obviously we're well into the movie but yeah. like who do you think Vern was working for oh for the terrorists okay yeah I think that's what it is that's that's because the Drew eventually is re- revealed to be in fact the bad guy which I think we probably saw coming yeah actually when I was rewatching this uh with my wife we were just like what was what was the twist is oh yeah he the the boyfriend the one who dumped him is the bad guy <laughs> so which I eh. think it would have been more of a twist if he wasn't the bad guy. And that if uh, Sebastian was? No, if Milo Kunis was the bad guy. Oh, time. ooh. See, they should, have me, they should have me write these movies. <laughs> All right. Yeah, so, but Sebastian comes in, claims that he's Vern, but by this point, uh, Morgan already knows that he's not Vern, and a gunfight ensues. Good a re- action. A really good action yeah. scene, yeah. But like, And, like, everyone in the cafe is, like, dead. Yeah. Except and, for our heroes. And Mila Kunis, like, kills a guy, like, grabs someone's gun and shoots him, and then realizes, oh, crap, what the hell did I just do? Yeah, that was pretty hardcore. Yeah. I guess her training from Jupiter Ascending paid off. <laughs> uh, that's the only thing that paid off from that but, movie. But, like, why would she be, like, shoot? Like, I don't even know who was, she, like, she just starts shooting people? Like, I, how do you know which side is... The one you want to shoot. Well, I think it was the guy who was about to kill her, so she shot him. Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't remember whether it was clear enough. I yeah. thought he was just, like, running towards her or something. Uh, we also have an, an old woman assassin in this part. <laughs> Is that in the always same scene? Always funny. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's always the last one you'd expect. Oh, and then I also have a fondue drowning. Oh, so, so I was wondering about, what was that supposed to be fondue? Because that looked like... Play-Doh. Like, well, I don't think it was Play-Doh. Well, but I mean, but like the consistency of it seemed too thick to be like a cheese fondue. And I know that's a ridiculous thing to get hung up about, but <laughs> it was like, that doesn't look like cheese fondue. Well, I feel like they verbally said there's fondue here oh, okay. earlier. Oh, okay. I don't remember. And then okay. it comes back together. But also, isn't fondue like super hot? Yeah, like, so it, it would like, burn you. Yeah, but it looked like he drowned. Maybe both. this movie is rated <laughs> R, so it's not like a... a burning someone's face off would true and they do like have someone like have burns on their face later on so i don't so yeah the good question maybe it was cheese fun okay and this is a weird random (laughs) society to take but maybe it was cheese cheese that was not on yet so that's why it was not the right consistency oh they haven't put the sterno on yeah oh there you go but yeah so that that sort of ends the big fight scene with sebastian versus everybody then we, they run out the door, they steal a car, can't drive it because it's a stick shaft. Because this is Europe. Do you, do you know how to drive a stick I shaft? I do not. Okay, I learned how a long time ago, yeah. and I like to think it would be useful in case I ever <laughs> right, need to you know, I would love to. I just don't... <laughs> huh, DeLoreans are only stick shift? I think so. Oh boy, I'm screwed. <laughs> I mean, it just takes a little bit of practice. Yeah. But nobody told me that the trick is that you have to... While the clutch is active, you have to, like, push down the gas while letting go of the clutch at the uh-huh. same time. Like, nobody ever said that. So I'm telling it to you uh, in case we, in case we ever need it. So, yeah, there's this. What do you think of the scene where they're, like, rolling the car slowly downhill? While I thought it was pretty funny. I thought it was, like, mildly amazing. Okay. Uh, but so they get into an Uber with, uh, do you remember the guy's name? I don't remember what the guy's name is. Uh, I I didn't I didn't oh, yeah. write it down, but that guy was like the best character in the he movie. He was pretty funny, and like he was saying a bunch of so. The Uber is for Mr. Wong, was it? Yeah. yeah. And obviously, neither of them look anything like a Mr. Wong. You would assume might look like, mm-hmm. but he just said, "Okay, we're driving." And like when they, you know, we start getting to the car chase, he's getting into it. Yeah, it's and, like he'd been waiting his whole life right. to be in a car chase and couldn't wait. Just jumped on the opportunity, and then he gets shot in the head. Yeah, that was that was pretty that was pretty intense. <laughs> yeah, so this is like that's what I say. It was something like a mood whiplash thing going on because you have it was like being funny, and then oh, someone got killed, and it just sort of stops a little bit of the comedy. Oh, yeah, by the way, his name was Lucas. Ah, uh, Lucas, there I you go. Down. <laughs> so yeah, Lucas is really into the fight, and he he's when there's an assassin on the roof of their oh, yeah. car shooting at them, and they somehow re- don't die, which is just absurd, even yeah. by spy movie standards. Yeah. But you're right; eventually, he does get taken out. Oh, also, do you remember the um the Hobbs and Sh- do we t- do you remember talking about the Hobbs and Shaw trailer where it shows them being chased by guys on motorcycles and uh-huh. this one guy does like a like a drift he like drifts his motorcycle under yeah a that was a trailer yeah and it turned out to be a Elba. I'm like yeah because if it wasn't a Elba, that guy's really dedicated to his <laughs> job same thing here is the assassins get taken out in all kinds of crazy ways. And the guy who climbs the top of their car is like, wow, they must pay him really well. So, yeah, Lucas gets killed. And then 
Morgan says, great job, five stars, Lucas. <laughs> like, I get that it's supposed to be funny, uh, but like, yo, yeah, he yeah. like risked his, he like, I, not only did he risk his life, he gave his life This for is you. what I'm saying about the mood whiplash. Well, like, do you, do you think these characters are like, like bad people? I think like Morgan might be. Yeah. <laughs> I was, I didn't occur to me at the time, but I like thought about it later. And I'm like, are they like, cause I, I, cause they're nice to other characters when they want something from them. And I think we're going to get back to that. Yeah. All right. But yeah, well, I will say that like with the motorcycle chase, I got a bit of like a mission impossible, like e- either rogue nation or ghost protocol with the motorcycle chases sort of vibe from that of, you know, car being chased by motorcycle. Like, and like I said, the action is good. So it was, I was engaged with the action in this. Yeah, and and for once, you d- they didn't do the thing of like them trying to shoot back. Mm-hmm. They just sort, and I like when they do try to throw things back. It's completely <laughs> ineffective. Yeah. So then Jillian Anderson appears. Yeah, and so her character's name is Wendy, I believe. Yes. I don't know if we ever get a last name for her, but yeah. So she's in charge of the Joint Task Force, and Sebastian thinks that he has the package, but we find out that it was just a decoy. This is where the world's best grandson comes and trophy comes into play. Mm-hmm. I, I like when they're they're talking, and then it looks like she's frozen, and she says, <laughs> "Not frozen, just disappointed." <laughs> so, Gillian Anderson, she's not British, right? No, she's American, but, but she I can think do she a really li- good British accent. I think she lived in Britain when uh-huh. she was a cat. Okay, so it's kind of like John Barrowman, where he, you know, can do a great American accent, but he's actually like Scottish or something. I don't really know what John Barrowman's origins are. I've uh-huh. heard when he breaks character, he speaks in a British accent, huh. but. That's We've weird. also seen him not be in character like yeah. on at like Awesome Con yeah. or whatever, and he speaks American. So Jillian Anderson is also British and all you know like masterpiece theater. And That's all, true. All sorts of like, stuff. Yeah, in the second in, or in third Bleak Johnny House. English. Yeah. yeah. Uh, anyways, they they, they make to it Prague. to Austria. Yeah. Wait. So they go to Prague and they realize that they don't have the, they can't use their passports anymore because their faces are all over the news. So they have to try they try, find these two girls who. Vaguely vaguely, 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 really vaguely look like them and try mm-hmm. to convince them and tell Just, them their whole stop story. That part was ridiculous. Yeah, I was like, right. no, why would you think, well, first of all, why would you think that they would believe you and let you just take your passport? So I would have more realistically liked them to just try to steal it at first. Like, I, it makes them seem really naive if they're trying to convince them to give them their passports. Well, our, our heroes are kind of naive. This is true. So, so it works. <laughs> I guess, yeah. I think it was ridiculous. First of all, because if they're if they're wanted criminals and they're like in the in a post nine eleven world, <laughs> the train stations are super secure and there would be cameras everywhere and police everywhere. When was the last time you took a train? Oh, when was the last time you took a train? I take trains all the time, but there are lots of police there uh, and and cameras. You just don't notice because they're not, like hidden. Yeah. <laughs> but so fine, you can like walk in and walk around. Yeah. That I. I I, it doesn't really make sense, but I'm willing to buy it. But when they, like, beat beat up the two girls and, like, take their... They don't beat them up. When they, like, steal their backpacks and stuff and then run onto a train. Yeah, I almost buy it. I mean, this is... Because this is what we're in... Uh, yeah, this is Ukraine, first of all, so... Oh, they're... Wait, they, they were made to Ukraine already? I thought no, they were still in no, Austria. No, oh, Vienna. sorry. No, sorry. Vienna, this is Vienna. Okay, maybe not. Yeah, you're right. So not Vienna has a, has a little, has a little yeah, more right. together. yeah. I, if I were the writers, I would have had them come up with some other way yeah. to get out of the country. But so I, I did like the line, "We'll mail it back to you if we survive." <laughs> uh, but yeah, so and then we get a little cut to Berlin. There's seemingly like an underground fashion show, mm-hmm. and there's an assassin whose name is Nadjedja. I have Nadaja, Nadaya, Nadaya, something to that effect. <laughs> who, who like we meet her and then she kills her manager. Yep, <laughs> that's how you know she's hardcore. So she's recruited to be an assassin. To take them out. Yep. That's, there's not too much. I mean, this is a trope that we see in James Bond a lot, as well as other spy movies. So I did like, there's a moment where she's getting instructions, but her, her, like, instructions are very vague. So take out the two American women, and, like, you see all these other pairs of American women who are Hmm. either drunk or posing with, taking selfies with statues, and, like, she's just like, I have no idea which one of these stupid American pa- women these are. Yeah, we don't see a lot of movies from the perspective of the cold-blooded assassin, <laughs> just trying to find the right the right target. At least they gave her pictures, yeah. but it doesn't help very much. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we have a, a couple more scenes of dialogue. Uh, we bring back that uh, Audrey never finishes anything, yeah. and someone tells Morgan, anyone ever tell you you're a little much? Which is like every 
Kate McKinnon character. Yeah. I actually haven't seen Kate McKinnon in that many movies. I, I mean, saw, like, the Ghostbusters re- reboot. Yeah. Is that it? She, um, she's in other... I feel like she's in other stuff that I just haven't seen, probably. But, like, I've seen her on SNL. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, so Morgan calls her parents when they're in Prague. Yeah, the best characters in the movie are her parents, <laughs> I think. Um, and apparently her friend has... Her father has a friend in Prague who owes them a favor with Roger. But they also find out that there's a flash drive hidden inside of the base of the trophy. Right. And that's basically what this whole thing is about, is it's, they're tra- chasing after the flash drive. Yeah, it's the MacGuffin. Well, I also like the lines for the parents where, you're all over the papers, I'm so proud of you. Did you murder <laughs> two people? And then when they're talking about Drew, and they're like, oh, the handsome one? And Morgan's like, oh, he was fine, I guess. <laughs> I can't believe she says where they're on an open line, but... Yeah, again, well... I guess how else was she going to tell him? Yeah, and there's, there's, again, our, these characters are pretty naive in terms of secu- op- operational security. As well as everything else. <laughs> yeah. But they, they uh, like we mentioned, targets are two dumb American women, which I thought was a little uncalled for. <laughs> I mean, maybe they're a little dumb, but they're smart enough to outweigh you, Mr. But dumb uh, enough to t- say where they are on an open line. <laughs> uh, so then we, uh, th- we're jumping to when they, they meet Roger. Yeah, so... so- I like when she calls out Morgan for not being a vegan. It's like, Morgan, you're not a vegan. Uh, a, a very unfunny Balzac joke. Uh, I, it's which, like something out of Archer. Uh, uh, I would say Austin Powers actually did a good version of that joke, uh, you know, 15 years before this movie came out. What was the Austin Powers one? Uh, well, we'll when we cover it, we'll, when we get to yeah. Austin Powers, we'll cover that. I don't want to do Austin Powers. What? <laughs> I think it's stupid. No, they're great movies. <laughs> okay, fine. <laughs> All right. We meet Roger, who's played by this actor that I, I don't... He looks really familiar. I can't remember where he's from. He's in, ton, he's in tons of stuff, yeah. though. Uh, and he seems suspicious immediately. Yeah. And starts being creepy towards um, towards Morgan. Uh, but what we think is flirting is him uh, trying to poison her, basically. Yeah. And seemingly... Okay, so here's... Clarify this for me. Was... Uh, What's her name? What was Audrey poisoned from the wine or something? That's why she was throwing up, or was she throwing up because she was trying to swallow the drive? She wasn't trying to swallow the drive yet. Uh-huh. So, see, okay, I remember this. Okay, so Audrey leaves, yeah, because she was poisoned from the wine. Uh-huh. Then she throws up. First of all, that seems confusing because I thought she was like at a standing sink with yeah. like a lid on it, but then it was a toilet. <laughs> oh, but then I was like, but wait, the sink's the same height as the toilet. <laughs> No. no, I think what you thought might have been the sink was the uh, bidet. Oh, this is Europe. Yeah, you're right. I thought it was a sink. <laughs> so, there we go. Uh, yeah. And then, and then, so it was all the same level. The sink, then the bidet, then the tub. Okay, <laughs> right. So they have all that. She finds the dead body. That whole reveal happens. Yeah, so the reveal is that that's not actually Roger. It's an assassin. Yeah. yeah. Um. More And then... What happens is they get locked in the bathroom after being revealed, uh-huh. and then Morgan has to be the one to try to swallow the drive because Audrey's been throwing up. Ah, uh, okay, got it. All right, Which, that, that makes more sense. That scene was like triggering my gag reflex. <laughs> by the way, also it's like, are you you can't swallow a flash drive? Are you ser- Are they are they being serious right now? I mean, eh. I don't know. Somebody watch MythBusters and let us know how exactly <laughs> a large object a human can swallow. And unless you're like a sword swallower or something, yeah, which, yeah. which which I don't think she is. Yeah. Also, then wouldn't that but she does have it? circus training? But wouldn't wouldn't that destroy the flash drive too? Uh, it seems well. First of all, it doesn't look like a typical flash drive. It looks much more sophisticated. Like it looks. It's I don't like even a spy see. Drive. Yeah, I don't <laughs> even see like the usual like uh, USB port in it. So I don't know. Yeah. But it, but it doesn't work. But again, the bad guys are being stupid here because it's like okay, you have the two agents. Or whatever. You yeah. have the two targets, and you have the drive. Why would you, like, leave them alone in a bathroom? That's a or very anywhere good else? question. I don't know. Even if they can't escape, they could have destroyed the drive, and then where would you yeah. have been? So, after they pass out from being poisoned, they wake up in an abandoned warehouse. The classic strung, strung spy up by location. Their arms. Yeah. Right. And Drew's parents are there. Dun, dun, dun. But they're not actually Drew's parents. Apparently, the time that uh, Audrey met, uh, met up with Drew's parents... They were having dinner as a cover to do a deal for the drive. And they just decided to pretend that he was their son? Apparently. For some reason. Well, insurance policy. For? For what? I don't know. For <laughs> Drew? <laughs> to make sure that he, that they wouldn't ki- just kill Drew in front of a random instant bystander? Well, not random, but a 
but in front of a witness. Wait, so wait, so Drew brought Audrey. Yes. To make sure they wouldn't kill him. Yes. But then why would they pretend to be his parents? I still don't get it. As a cover. Well, why couldn't they just be like his friends? Age difference? I don't know. I, I think it's because the movie wanted to have a thing where, with his parents being revealed to be bad guys. All right. Yeah, so so they're they're in on it. I suppose that makes sense. Like, yeah. it didn't bother me that they were not who they said they were. Eh, whatever. No need to go over it again. Uh-huh. So, and during this whole thing when they're being tortured, Audrey tells them that she flushed the drive in a toilet, and it's, so they it's get very plausible. Yeah, because they, I mean, they were locked in the bathroom. So again, yeah. why why would you do that? Why would you just leave them alone? And why wouldn't you just search? Why wouldn't you search them first? I guess it's because there wouldn't be a movie. Yeah. <laughs> I like how they're Russians too. Because right. yeah, that was a part in Glow where they're like Russians are the best bad guys since the Nazis. <laughs> but yeah, so Najidja is there too, and apparently she's like a failed gymnast. Mm-hmm. So she stays to torture them and find out any information she can while Drew's fake parents escape in a helicopter. And now, at this point, I'm like, great, everything's been revealed, but the movie's only halfway over. <laughs> so, oh yeah. my gosh. So, Sebastian and Duffer and the team are en route. Do we know how they tracked them? How they found them? Yeah. No. Huh. I, I, don't, I don't remember. All right. Nor, nor do I really care. <laughs> but I did like when they were like, let's blow it up. Let's just blow it all up. Yeah. So that's <laughs> Duffer who's trying to them. But Sebastian stops them, and he goes into the warehouse while he, like, slams uh, Duffer's head into the steering wheel and knocks him out and goes in the warehouse, you know, by himself to see if the girls are in there. Going rogue, just yeah. like James Bond has done in the past few movies. Again, he's rumored for the role. <laughs> I like the part where he, like, jumps off the thing and, like, tackles the guy. Yeah. Again, great action. <laughs> yeah, a really, really good action. Yeah. And by the way, since we're talking about the action scene where it's him versus the mercs, do you like the part with the mattress where he, like, pulls the mattress mm-hmm. over? So... It reminds me of an article I read a while ago about cover versus concealment right. as like a principle. So in gunfights, cover stops bullets. Right. Concealment yeah, does not. Where you, where you are. Right. Huh. So in this case, a mattress is not cover. And in fact, they shoot right through it and <laughs> uh-huh. wound him. Right. But it, oh, that's right? right. But that's it functions as concealment because they can't kill him. Right. Because you can't. Well, because you're not sure where in this mattress he's behind. Right. So in the article, it said that the cops most likely, t- they did like a study of cops, and they were like, the uh-huh. cops most likely to survive gunfights were the ones who could who knew the difference between cover and concealment. Huh. Interesting. Well, it's also because like, it makes sense because like smoke, like the U.S. military uses smoke as cover, but smoke right. doesn't stop anything. No. Huh. But they, but it, you know, you can hide soldiers behind a cloud, and yeah. they still... It's not that they can't be shot, but it's very, very unlikely that they right, will be. Right, right. All right, going so, back to the movie. Yeah. So Duffer wakes up, and he tells his team to blow the warehouse. And uh, as So there's the, like a time t- ticking time bomb now. Yep, and grenades get thrown in, and as they're, like, he finds the girls, and they're escaping, and Morgan, like, kicks one of the grenades right at the ditch and takes her out. And that's the end of her. Or is it? Dun, dun, dun. Oh, by the way, one quick thing before that is when they're getting tortured and they're like oh. talking about each other's secrets. I right. thought that was kind of that funny. was pretty. Yeah, that was pretty good. And also when they're like trying to like butter up Nadia, whatever. That gets back to what I was saying. Right? They're like nice to other people <laughs> when they want something from them. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I, in the case of a life and death scenario, that can be. For, I, I would say that can be forgiven. If you're trying to not die. Yeah, well, sure, but it's like, I don't know. I, no, no, no. I like... think the thing with Lucas bothers me. That's why I, that's why I keep <laughs> that's bringing fair. it up. That's fair, like, yeah. Um, I also noticed in this scene that um, yeah, that, that, that Sebastian shoots in the direction of hostages. Huh. Which is kind of funny. Yeah. So um, It also reminds me of the movie Spy with Melissa McCarthy, where actual spies are really competent <laughs> and, like, really good at fighting. Right. They end up getting killed anyway. <laughs> so, yeah. Also, Nadia uses a piece of wood to hit him, which is like, what happened to your sniper rifle? Do you remember well, that part? I, no. Well, I mean, she is like close range. So sniper rifles wouldn't necessarily be the. No, but, but like, come on, you gotta have some other weapons, right? I mean, this is a yeah. spy movie. Uh, but yeah, so uh, Sebastian, Audrey, and Morgan are all go outside, and they're all taken in to custody, and they're brought to the ta- Joint Task Force, very sparse utilitarian headquarters. Right. And then someone makes a comment about how she thought the Intel office would be fancier. <laughs> to that I say, have you ever been inside a government building? <laughs> yeah. So we find out that the drive was made by this international terror group called Highland. 
And this is when Audrey and Morgan meet Julian uh, Anderson's character, Wendy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're very impressed by her. And they make a Judy Dench reference. Like, uh, we have a Judy Dench situation here. Oh, I actually yeah. missed that the uh-huh. first time. Or the only time I watched it. The reference it. being that, you know, Judy Dench played him in the Pierce Brosnan and Daniel Craig movies. Yep. And then Julian says to Sebastian that it's closer to treason what he did and yeah. i'm like what just just for saving them that doesn't sound that doesn't sound right but yeah so for for going rogue and this is something well sometimes you get this in bomb movies but he go before going rogue he gets suspended well i mean that makes sense the yeah. punish, punishment more or less fits the crime and so uh, the girls are going to be back sent back to la see this is where we find out that they were in la and so audrey is saying that she just wants to go home but morgan's saying you know i want to stay i want to be an agent i want to do this but like why I don't, under- I don't understand why. She's having fun, and she may be a sociopath. Okay, there we go. I sort of buy that. Um, but I was like, yes, please go home, so then the movie could be over. Oh, snap. Um, I, I also liked the part right after that when Nadia the, the is revealed to still be alive, mm-hmm. and... Was it like just she's like talking to some random person? I don't remember who it is. Uh, some sitting... guy in, the, in like she's in a sauna or a spa or something. Oh and yeah. And he comes up to her and is like, "What's wrong with your face?" And then she like hits him <laughs> pretty hard in the face, and, like knocks him. I was like, "What's wrong with yours?" Yeah, I like that. That should be more movies. Yeah. That's a good comeback. Uh, they're on the news again. Oh well, well we skipped over that Sebastian oh. is going to give them gives them the ride to the airport, and that's when he when uh, Audrey is saying, you know, theoretically, what would we do if we still had the drive? Oh and yeah, so yeah. he's like, well, we'd you know open it up and see what they're after and do this, this, and this. He's like, why? He's like, well, and how explicit do we want to get on this podcast? How specific? How explicit do we want to? Get- uh, let's just say she hides it in a sensitive area. Yeah. Which I I did you find that funny? I didn't find it. That funny. I mean, it was I forgot about that that had that that was a thing in this movie, and it can it comes up with some great jokes like later on when you know they're hiding it again, and he and he asks, uh, "Where do you put this?" I said, "Is it someplace safe?" He's like, "Is it the same pl- safe place that it was before?" And he's like, "You'll see." <laughs> no, not you'll see, but you'll you know just just walk away. <laughs> Yeah. Also, um, I have, I couldn't remember what they did with the drive. So for a while there, I thought yeah. maybe they did flush it. Mm-hmm. It ended up being somewhere. Yeah. But they, they're like back in the game. I'm like, okay, that's where this movie's going now because <laughs> there's still 45 minutes left. But I'm like, why are they on the news? Because the CIA thinks they're on their way home. That's a good point. Yeah, I know. Huh. I mean, like, I'm not the sort of person who, like, nitpicks movies that much. I mean, it could just be that it's a slow news cycle and they have nothing else to report on, so they keep reporting on what's going on. Yeah, I guess the CIA didn't tell their, like, news media context or whatever. Um, they had a text message about murdering Morgan Freeman, and that's Morgan's name. Uh, yep. <laughs> that, was a little, that was a little funny. Yeah, that, that was actually a, a nice, like, nice joke. Like, I, I like that they didn't start off with that. Oh, yeah, my name's Morgan Freeman. They, like... You know, we hear, we see that, you know, that her parents, like, last names is Freeman, and her name's Morgan. And, you know, until someone mentions it, we and Sebastian don't even think about it. It's sort of like Mac, and it's always saying in Philadelphia's name being Ronald McDonald. And you only learn that after, like, <laughs> you only learn that through, like, six seasons. Wow. Uh, but, yeah, so, they go to open the drive, but the drive is, apparently has State Department encryption on it. Which means that it was made by the U.S. government and not by Highland. Did they ever reveal what's on the drive? They do. So they must Seb- have like yeah. Sebastian out of that part. can't hack in a drive, so they need an expert on U.S. intelligence computer security. And so who do they call? I don't remember. Morgan calls Edward Snowden. I forgot that. <laughs> How did you forget that? I think so. So I, th- I was like writing on my computer like notes. Oh. And sometimes when I'm, while I'm like writing, they like say something and I like miss it. But yeah, there's a whole bit where she like borrows some French people. So they're in a library and they borrow some French person's phone and she calls Edward Snowden. You see him. He's got a very distinctive voice. Ah. And you see, you, you only really see him in shadow, but like you see, like looking out his window and like you can see, uh, the Kremlin. That does sound familiar. Maybe I should go back and watch it again. Yeah. So I thought that was a neat bit. I was like, oh, you know, all right, they dropped the ra- seemed like a ra- randomly seeming, dr- you know, drop in fact about how they she used to know Edward Snowden, and she actually calls in that favor. Yeah, it all it all comes comes full circle. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, Morgan, yeah, calls Ed- Edward Snowden. He walks them through hacking the security, and he's like saying individual keystrokes of like you know dollar sign percentage. I was like, is he? 
having them code over the phone, like how long would that take to actually code out, you know, a program that would hack the security? Yeah, it's like, why do you even need to show that in the movie anyway? Yeah. Just like, skip. it's like, we get the idea, just, just skip to it. Yeah. So, we find out after they hack in that the drive is a backdoor to the entire internet, is what they say. So you can access anyone's credit card information, per, any sort of personal information, probably nuclear launch codes, I don't know. Wow, anything I must have missed a lot yeah, right. <laughs> Anything connected to the internet, basically, you can access. Which seems like a big deal, and it raises questions of why the heck the U.S. government has this, or wasn't created this. It, wasn't there some movie where it was like the same thing, or it was like the master key to the internet, or whatever? There's probably a lot of movies with that. Oh, I've been thinking of Ready Player One. Uh, yes and no. Yeah. Okay. Um, but yes, yeah, so they go to Amsterdam and we find out that uh, Drew's fake parents are the head of Highland. Mm-hmm. I, I like the scene where they're in the hostel and their new roommate busts in the door and they all pull their guns and, he's, <laughs> and he says Americans. Yeah, yeah so... Duffer we, also goes rogue. Yeah, so we fi- well we find out first of all that apparently Sebastian was in that bar when Audrey and Drew first met, and that Drew was supposed to kill the bartender who was an ISIS recruiter, which seems what? Yeah. Okay. Did you miss that too? Yeah. <laughs> Come on, this just goes pretty fast. I've been, I guess maybe I should write let, or pause it before I write a note. Maybe. Or maybe I just thought it wasn't important. I mean, it it's a dropped point. It's like. Really? That guy has an ice? He doesn't look like... We never also find out if he takes him out or not, or if he's too distracted by Audrey. So it's just a coincidence that these two spies happen to be in the same place at no, the same no. time. No, um, no. Audrey... Or, sorry. Drew and uh, Sebastian were working together oh. to capture this guy. So he was on comms the whole time. Okay. But he was talk- so Sebastian heard everything that oh, Audrey... You know what? That does sound familiar. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so I, I knew he was a spy there. I just forgot the whole ISIS angle. Yeah. Anyway, so Duffer is waiting in the hostel room. Uh, he's got uh, Morgan all tied up, and he's stealing so, the drive. Because he's a bad guy, too. Yes. Uh. Well, it's undetermined whether he was always a bad guy, or he's just a bad guy now, or what. I mean, he he was, like, like turned or something yeah. like that. But so he's going to steal it to sell it to the highest bidder. He uses cripple as an insult, which I thought was very uncalled for. Oof. Yeah, uh, and then, so they're all, you know, they're being held up at gunpoint, and they really can't do anything. And then the uh, big, uh, what's... Dutch you know, guy? I think so. I think he was Dutch. Mm-hmm. Who's staying with him in the hostel, takes him out. <laughs> like, and, and takes him out, he kills him. Yeah, I wasn't sure if he killed him at first, but then they're, like, tr- getting rid of his body. <laughs> like, oh, crap, they, he killed him. Yeah. But it, he thought it was, like, a, someone who was trying to take all their stuff, like a robber. Yeah. <laughs> so but it was fun, but it's like... Whoa! I would I would have liked a scene of him like crying or something to establish that there's a little bit of consequences to killing even even a bad guy. But yeah, so they're trying to get rid of Duffer's body and his phone rings, and it's someone's asking if they have, or and it's a text message saying if he has the package. And there's a funny bit where you know they this is before the you know the times of Face ID or. Actually, there's only a few movies, like, only a year or two old, so the face ID is around, but less common. Also, in the fictional world of spying, there's all sorts of face IDs. And yeah, that's true. But eye, anyways, eye scanning and so whatever. So, they need Duffer's thumbprint to keep opening his phone. It gets to the point where uh, Audrey, like, cuts off his thumb just so that they have, like, okay. And, like, puts it in her lipstick container, which yeah, I thought was we, funny. We've, we've seen that before. This movie has way too many twists and turns. <laughs> they should have added more jokes, less crazy plot twists. In my humble opinion. Yeah. So they use the phone to contact who the buyer is, and it's they set the drop for someplace in Berlin where there's going to be a gala, where they're going to do the handoff, and they kidnap and tranquilize the Canadian ambassador and his wife and poses them to get into the gala. And they had Audrey do the tranquilizing, yeah. which I thought was interesting. Yeah. Like, well, I think it at this point, uh, Sebastian still has, like, a sling on his arm, so he can't really do any of that stuff. Yeah. But he very quickly heals for, like, the next few seats. But also, Kate McKinnon seems to be the one who's more into, like, the spy stuff. True, true. But I guess Audrey knows how to shoot people. That's because she, you know, and that's the thing we didn't even mention, that he shoots, like, playing video game Point Blank, which if any of you guys remember from as a classic shooter arcade game where you're, like, shooting targets. I don't remember that. Oh, I play that all the time. <laughs> so, yeah, so we so that's a good point, though. It establishes that she's yeah. good with guns, sort of. Sort even of. though I've been told video games really it's doesn't prepare very different. you no. <laughs> for an actual using guns. Yeah. 
Uh, Nadia comes back looking like a boar drone. I, did, I was going to wonder if you were going to mention that. Yeah, she looks... Well, so she's, like, part of the gala is, like, a Cirque du Soleil-style, like, troupe performing, so a Borg, a Borg drone fits in, kind of. Sure. I mean, why uh, not? Yeah, so this is where it's, uh, like, an, another sort of dropped line that, oh, yeah, Morgan went to circus camp and knows <laughs> how to do the trapeze. Yeah, this, uh, this reminds me of, like, a, a character from Dungeons & Dragons where you just write things in their backstory <laughs> to explain how you can do stuff. Oh, she knows that we're stoned and oh, she did yeah. the, the circus camp, etc. Yeah. So we see that Drew's fake parents are at the gala and Sebastian says that his cover's blown because they see him. Mm-hmm. So he goes in the back and... He gets knocked out by a mysterious figure that we don't know anything about. And then Audrey gets a text from the buyer to, it says to meet in the artillery room. And while this is going on, Morgan's, you know, trying to look for Sebastian. So she goes up to the trapeze platform to get a bird's eye view. Yeah, that's the reason. (laughs) (laughs) And we find, you know, in the artillery room, we find Drew. Drew's still alive. Oh man, the twist that everybody saw coming. And he's the one who knocked out Sebastian. And now he's a bad guy, but he says, you can trust me, but he was trying to sell the drive in the first place. So I guess he's not a good guy. (laughs) And while this is happening, so Najinja is on the opposite trapeze platform from Morgan, and they have a trapeze fight, which I thought was really cool. I like the trapeze fight, but it was a little bit absurd that Keith McKinnon would even have, like, a chance. (laughs) Yeah. Unless he, like, exercises a lot. Yeah, fair. But uh, well, there are some good, like, camera moves. I was wondering, like, how did they get that move? Because there's, like, a, a camera, like, move where she goes out onto the trapeze and the camera, like, zooms around her. She's moving it on the trapeze. Like, yeah, maybe with a crane. It'd be pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. So that that was definitely a highlight. Is it, it didn't it wasn't really quite the same as, like, the cafe fight uh, or the earlier uh-huh. gun fights. Like, it wasn't as, as quick. Uh-huh. But, you know, give them points for creativity. Yeah, so, and d- during the tra- trapeze fight, the Jeja is, like, killed by being impaled on, like, a giant anchor that's... First of all... The, <laughs> it's just what, there. It's, it's just there as, like, part of, like, the gala decorations, but if you have trapeze, that seems like really poor planning, like, on the part of, like, the trapeze, or, like, the circus troupe. Well, they had a net. Yeah, but the, if they miss the net and hit the anchor, they'll get impaled, which is what happens. Well, that's probably why the anchor was there. Wasn't there a lot of blood in the part where oh, she yeah. gets impaled, too? Yeah. And the also, movie was pretty bloodless before that. I don't know. When uh, Lucas got shot, there was some blood there. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, you're right. But, you're oh, right. yeah, the whole time, the audience of the gala, I think this is all part of the show. It's all part of the show. Yet they also think that when she gets impaled, it's also still part of the show. Oh, why? They start, like, clapping or yeah. something? Yeah. Like when, like, uh, uh, Morgan, like, sticks the landing after, fault, get, you know, dropping. It's amazing what they knew special effects yeah. these days. But it's like, I like how she commits murder again, but I guess everybody's cool with that. <laughs> I guess maybe you could try to explain it as, like, an accident. Yeah. Anyway, going back to Drew versus Sebastian versus Audrey, I noticed that he calls them mom and dad as he kills them. Yeah, so I'm thinking, I'm thinking they weren't actually his parents, but that was just like a joke. Wait, they were? Weren't. No, no, no. Oh, yeah, but yeah. They, I feel but like... But it was a nice joke, a nice joke. Is mom, pff, dad, pff. But, like, I I guess maybe for clarity, you should have been, like, mom. You should have said it in a way that's, like, mom. Like, <laughs> like to make it a little bit more clear. Yeah. But whatever. Uh, and then you also kill Sebastian. Uh, oh, he shoots Sebastian. And then he's going to kill Audrey, too. But then Kate McKinnon sneaks up and then fires a prop gun so, yeah, in okay. a museum exhibit. Right. What? <laughs> well, she's not not even that. She was trying to get the gun out of like the dumb uh, the mannequin's hand, and then it goes off. I mean, I don't know what we should expect from this movie, but, but... in what world would it? First of all, would it be a real gun? Uh, maybe, probably if, not. But probably not. And also, would it be bloated with gunpowder? And a book, because it's like a like a revolutionary, or maybe civil war, like, something two? like that. Yeah, like era gun. Of all the most unrealistic things in this movie, that has to take the, t- has to take the cake. Yeah, but then so as she's so she causes a distraction, but Drew still got uh, Audrey, you know, at gunpoint, and then Morgan throws a cannonball at his head. It's like okay, that that I buy. I guess Morgan's really strong. Yeah, I did like that part. So then Audrey gets the gun. She's holding Drew at gunpoint. I'm like, so what? She kills Drew, and like then what? Well, I liked how she quotes. His breakup text. <laughs> I don't remember that. Yeah, so he was like, "It's over. 
sorry, gotta go, and then pulls the trigger. She's <laughs> talking about holding a grudge. I mean, the cup. You think she's right. never been dumped before? All right. And without going into too much of my personal history, uh-huh. getting dumped by text is the literal worst thing. Is unforgivable. Yes. The unforgivable curses. <laughs> Okay, fine. Also, but I like how before that, he's, like, goading her into shooting him. Right. He's like, you never finish anything. I can say say about human life, let alone your own. And then Morgan gets gets a, a quip in when he gets arrested. Yeah. She pulls the trigger, and there's just a click, and it's because she, uh, she had taken the magazine out of the gun and just wanted to, you know, mess with him. <laughs> so the police come in, they arrest Drew. We find Sebastian is still alive. He had a, a bulletproof vest on. Yeah, makes sense. And I like that they, you know, they say, you know, it's going to save your life, but it's still going to hurt like hell. That's true. Yeah. That, that's, that's so that's realistic. Yeah. yeah. It's not like one of these things where, oh, you know, I'm hit, but I'm okay. It's like they, they go groan and they like yeah. rub their hand on it and they're fine. <laughs> that's like in Die Hard a lot. Uh, okay. So everybody's happy. The, the second scene with the parents is not quite as funny as yeah. the first one. And they like yell stuff about spies and CIAs <laughs> and the CIA and all this stuff in like the middle uh, of like a crowded room or something like that. Yeah. I'm like, yo, just stop, stop yelling at it. So Wendy interrupts the call that Morgan, uh, cause Morgan used, uh, Sebastian's phone to make the call. Uh-huh. And Wendy interrupts the call. And says that Sebastian could have his job back. And then Morgan takes it to mean that she's also coming to work there. Mm-hmm. And Wendy's trying to be clear that she's <laughs> not, but... But I guess it's left ambiguous. Yeah, well, and then Sebastian and Audrey kiss. Mm-hmm. And it's revealed that Morgan this time swallowed the drive. And now they need to d- destroy it, so they have to wait for it to pass. Ah, uh, yes. Ending on a shit joke. That's, well, that's this movie. I mean, not ending on it. Yeah. Well, so there's a one-year-later scene. <laughs> and Audrey and Morgan are in Tokyo for Audrey's birthday. And Morgan's got... Yeah, Morgan's out on microphone again, is singing, is saying happy birthday. And, you know, there's a... There's that... Uh, this time it doesn't say point blank, but it's arcade shooting game again. And she had programmed it to say happy birthday, Audrey, on the screen. And we have Sebastian waiting in the shadows with a gun. And, you know, we find out that the microphone is also a taser. And that the arcade guns are actually just real guns, and they use them to assassinate a bunch of people. Wait, what? Did you miss all of this? Was it like a post-credit scene? It or was something? like right after it's a directed by. Yes. Oh well, <laughs> I, I think I turned the movie off as soon as I possibly could. Was it? Was it that was really a post-credit scene. Yeah. Shit. I mean, it was like a minute after. No, not even. 10 seconds after the movie, that, that ending with the credits. I was just, I was just, <laughs> couldn't wait to hit the B button on my, on oh, my that's, player. that's hilarious. So. So what happened? They just kill a bunch of people? They kill a bunch of people and they're looking like badasses. Okay. Uh, well, I do like the action scenes. Yeah. So you can go back and go back and check it again. Uh, but yeah, so and that comes down to the movie. Um, so as you might understand with this movie, we don't have much for spy fact or spy fiction. The only thing I was going to talk about is maybe, did Edward Snowden go to, like, theater camp? But I couldn't find anything about that. All right. I'm sure Karis Mines would, <laughs> would want to know. Um, and then also, so, like we said, we mentioned that uh, the Judy Gents reference was a reference to M in the Bond movies. Mm-hmm. And this is a roundabout thing, but, um, you know, her character was based on Stella Rivington, who was the first woman to be the head of MI5 in real life. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. So, shall we go to our ratings? Yeah. Would you like to go first? <laughs> um, As always, we do readings between one and ten martinis. Yeah. One being the worst, ten being the greatest. I'm going to give this a five. Okay. So, yeah. so you think it's, it's like average? It's, it's average. It's in the middle. It's like, it was, I guess, like, some of the jokes were funny. Action was good. But... It's not an essential viewing. Okay, I'm gonna be a little harsher. I'm gonna say okay. I'm gonna say three out of ten. All right, I was wavering between four and five, and I, I said, you know what, the action's good enough to give for me to give it a five. I liked the action, but there just wasn't enough of it, and right. it was so long, and most of the jokes weren't that funny. <laughs> so I, I've been trashing it this whole time, so I couldn't I couldn't be too too clear the ratings. All right, is that it? Yeah, so that's it. So next time, next time we will be covering Valkyrie, which. Also is a long movie, but hopefully will be more entertaining. And it stars Christian's favorite actor of all time, Tom Cruise. Well, one of 
a few. It's up between him, Chris Evans, and uh, Daniel Craig, really. Okay. But yeah, I don't have some really good, in my humble opinion, spy fact versus fiction, so stay tuned for that. I think it's going to be a good one. Yeah. I've been Christian. I've been Zach. And we are the Spy Fi Guys, signing off. Thank you for listening to the SpyFi Guys. If you enjoyed our podcast, please be sure to give us a five-star rating on iTunes. The theme song from this podcast is Mistake the Getaway by Kevin MacLeod from Incompetech.com. Licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0. Films, books, and television shows reviewed by our podcast are the intellectual property of their respective copyright holders, and no infringement is intended.